Welcome to the very first episode of The Thing You Do podcast. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Tammy Rumfeld, and I'm the host and creator of this, what I hope will turn out to be wildly popular and world-famous podcast. Hey, a girl can dream. So I've always loved talking to people about their jobs. When I meet someone new, like at a party or something, that's usually one of my first questions is, tell me what you do. And it's not just small talk for me. I find people's work fascinating. Even what some people might consider like mundane or ordinary jobs, well, they have really interesting elements if you ask the right questions. And there are always parts of people's jobs that I never considered even existed before. So when I talk to people about their work, I invariably learn something new about how the world works, which is why I decided to create this podcast. And since I recently found myself without a job, that seemed like the perfect time to make this happen. Kind of ironic, I know. So the first thing I did when I decided to put this podcast together was to ask friends on Facebook if they knew anyone personally that had a really interesting job and who might be willing to be my guest. And one of the first people who responded is actually a really good friend of mine that I've known for a long time. And yes, she has one of the coolest jobs ever. And you might not ever meet anyone who loves their job as much as she loves hers. I'll let her introduce herself. My name is Allie Siegel, or Alyssa Siegel, but I go by Allie. <laughs> um, I am the primary night keeper, and I work at Utah's Hogel Zoo in Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, so Allie, I want you to imagine that we're standing in Animal Kingdom, right? Okay. And we're getting ready to go on the Kilimanjaro Safari. We're almost there. We'll probably want to be with the next few groups that goes on. Now, we've just struck up a conversation. You've just told me that you're a zookeeper. And I say, wow, really? That's cool. I, I've never met a zookeeper before. What's that like? So in the next couple of minutes, before we get on our safari vehicle, tell me about the thing you do. Oh, sure. Um, so I will tell you, it's so fun. Um, it is mostly what you would imagine. It's a whole lot of like, getting to feed animals and we get to do lots of training with them. Um, but it is also a giant, giant part of it is cleaning up poop. So you have to be <laughs> ready for that. That is what you will do more than anything else that you'll do as a zookeeper is cleaning up poop. Um, it is pretty difficult also because you are taking care of that animal for everything, the good, the bad, the highs, the lows. They have bad days just like we do. They get sick just like we do. So for every like Instagram picture that you see of a zookeeper that's like training a sea lion to do this beautiful flip, just know that there's been like weeks and weeks of struggle with that where you have to lead up to building up that behavior. You have to work with your animal's personalities. So it's, I would assume it's similar to being a mom um, in that you have to take into account everything in this life that you are helping to create or not create, but helping to raise. Um, but it's probably a little bit easier than being a mom because at the end of the day, a mom can't just clock out and go home. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's very fun. It's very rewarding. It's very stinky. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's very good. Yeah, that's exactly how I describe being a mom. It's oh, really? Fun, it's rewarding <laughs> and it's stinky. Yeah, that's perfect then. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> All right. Well, good job. Well, our safari vehicle's here, so you did perfectly. Oh, amazing. So what um, what was it that made you decide to do this? Like, was it something you always wanted to do or did you have some moment where you're like, oh, I should do that? 
I definitely always wanted to do it when I was younger. Um, I remember my mom always took us to any kind of animal care facilities when we were younger. So we were very familiar with going to zoos and aquariums and wildlife parks and things like that. Um, and every time I saw somebody working with an animal, I was just like, I want to do that. I just love animals. I want to be with them all the time. Um, and there was a while where I considered doing something different. Um, I thought about going into nursing because I just really have this passion for taking care of things. Um, but I realized as I talked to people who were nurses that I just don't know that I could do it. I think that working with people is a whole nother level of skill and compassion and stuff like that. Um, whereas with animals, I think it was a little bit easier for me to be able to remove myself when, or not remove myself, but, um, like compartmentalize when things get difficult. It's a little bit easier with animals than people. Um, so all the respect in the world to nurses, I don't think I could do that. Mm. Um, so I did end up once it got, I think it was my junior year and I was, close to trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I found um, a program nearby that did a zoo program. And I just, I kind of feel like I was just aligned right, right with it. It just fell into place. Yeah. It's interesting because you think, you know, zookeeper is something that I think every kid who ever goes to a zoo <laughs> thinks they want to yeah. do when they <laughs> right. grow up. Right. But like very yeah. few carry that with them. At some point they end up being accountants or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool you get to do that thing that everybody grew up wanting to do. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so how much education does it take to be a zookeeper? Um, I think it probably depends on which animal you want to work with. Um, so I did a general program. I just did a program for zoo and aquarium science. And um, of all of the programs I've heard of and talked to people about, it's my favorite because you just do a two-year program at a community college. And while you're doing your classes, you also have an internship every semester at a different facility. So you come out of it with two years of school and two years of experience. And so usually when they're asking or putting on their applications, they'll say we need either a four-year degree or a work equivalent. So you come out of it with, you've only done two years, but you have that equivalent because you did the um, internships as well. And so it's definitely not like you do your two years and then you're a zookeeper. Like there's a lot of steps to get to the point where I guess you're you said you're the night keeper or I guess the day keeper. There's a lot of steps to get there. Yeah. Yep. So um, I tell people who are interested, like start volunteering right away. Um, so as soon as you can, most facilities will take people at like 13 years old to just be um, like do simple stuff. And then as it goes on, as you prove yourself, you can build yourself up through the ranks. But it is a very competitive field. As you can imagine, everybody wants to just play with animals all day long and get paid for it. So the more experience that you have under your belt, that's going to set you ahead. Um, so, yeah, you want to get as much volunteering, as much internships as possible. Um, try to do more than what they're going to ask for the minimum on applications, which is usually just a four-year degree. Um, if you have that experience under your belt, you're going to be able to be trusted for um, like entry-level positions quicker, and then you'll be able to be moved up to primary positions and lead positions and things like that. Tell me about a time, maybe recently, that you mm -hmm. were in the middle of doing the thing you do, and you thought to yourself, I can't believe I get paid to do this. Oh my gosh, Tammy, I have one of those like every day. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is so incredible because um, I am I'm really fortunate. I actually work with every single animal at our zoo um, because I work the night shift. So I'm usually there either with one other person or by myself just with security. Um, so my main job is like taking animals off exhibit after the zoo closes and like giving them their dinner. Or if there's like, um, if they get medications twice a day, I'll do their evening medications. But there's at least one time every single day that I've worked that I've just been like, I can't believe this elephant just like reached out and touched my hand and just held it like she was holding my hand. And I just got paid for that. I can't believe that like I... I was training a chicken um, to spin around in a circle and that chicken actually finally did it. And I like cried tears of joy. And I was like, I can't believe I just got paid to do this. Yeah. There's something every single day that I'm like, I cannot believe I I have no idea how I got so lucky. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So on the, on the reverse, tell me about a time that you were doing something and you thought, I don't care how much money they pay me. It is not enough. To do this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so I feel like I have a pretty high tolerance for um, things at this job. So like most of the time, if people are like, oh my goodness, like my animal got so sick, can you help me clean it up? Most of the time I'm like, yes, that's fine. I I feel like I have a pretty high tolerance for it. Um, last night, so we had, we had this little baby monkey um, and her mom rejected her. So we've been working on a, yeah, a program to like hand rear her, um, and also introducing her with the other monkeys. But, um, we do her bottles every two hours and she is just this adorable, precious baby monkey. And we like wrap her up in this blanket. We're having a very nice moment where I'm like holding her and feeding her her bottle. And Tammy, (laughs) I cannot describe to you the force with which she pooped all <laughs> over my arm. And just, it was so loud. It was so smelly. The force upon my arm. I was just like, someone take this away from me. I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it, it ended up okay. Yeah, there was another person there that helped me like clean her up and clean the blankets and everything up. But yeah, that was that was not my favorite time. <laughs> I was like 95% sure that your answer to that question would involve feces. Like I was yes, yeah. pretty sure you were going to head that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say the most difficult part of my job um, is, well, that's a tough one um, because it's, it's obviously when an animal passes away, um, mm-hmm. that's the most difficult thing to deal with. But I never have been with an animal that's passed away and been like, oh, this is too much. I can't handle it because Mm -hmm. it's so important that we have these animals here so that people can make connections with them and want to save them out in the wild and things like that. So, yeah, um, there are definitely darker parts. There are parts that are difficult to get through. um, But I think the hardest part, honestly, is just talking with guests who don't understand why zoos are here. Um, but even with that, I never have felt after any of my bad conversations with people, I've never felt like, oh, I can't work this job because of this conversation. Like there's always a reason why I should be there. There's always a reason why I should be doing these things. Yeah. You're definitely, um, as a zookeeper, it's more than, you know, a job. It's a, it's an advocacy role 
for the animals yeah. and for zoos. And there are misunderstandings. So what do you tell people when they're like, I don't understand why these animals aren't just in the wild and um, this is, you know, this is cruel or whatever. What is your answer to those people? Yeah, um, I like to tell people that if you ask any zookeeper, we would all say we wish zoos didn't have to exist. Like, as much as we love our jobs, as much as we love taking care of animals, the reason why we exist is because there really isn't much of a wild anymore. And what is wild isn't really safe. So if you think about it, there's, you know, 96 elephants a day being poached out in Africa. And people don't realize that there's these incredible numbers of these incredible animals that are just being killed off every day. And so I tell people that we have these animals here so that you can see them and you can make that connection and imagine how much you want to save these animals that are out in the wild if you got to just feed our elephant a, a carrot stick and you have that connection with them. Like reading a book is definitely going to make you care about them, but there's something about being in person and looking that animal in the eye that makes you realize I want to make changes to make this world a better place so that these animals could survive and thrive out in the wild. And there are some people that still say, you know, you're not changing my mind. I don't like it. You're, <laughs> you're a monster for keeping the animals here. But I tell them that we give them the best life possible. Like our animals eat way better than any zookeeper does. They get <laughs> all organic food, all from like restaurant quality vendors. Um, they get round the clock medical, dental, everything. There's no poachers, no predators. So they live very long, very healthy lives. We do everything that we can from enrichment, which is like um, stimulation for them to just make their days something different, make things very fun for them. We give them the best life that we possibly can. And while we know it's not being out in the wild, there are also benefits to not being in the wild right now as well. What is something that you think, you know, visitors to the zoo you know, who come through all the time, they would be shocked or surprised to know happens behind the scenes. Hmm. Maybe the number of dance parties we have. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I really do enjoy, um, sometimes I'll grab people, I'll like grab visitors when it's the end of the day and have them come watch me when I'm shifting our Africa exhibit. Um, uh -huh. because so many people, I think there's kind of a disconnect that like, they think these animals are on exhibit all the time. Um, and so even just realizing that they like, they have a place to go at night where they've got all of their favorite toys and, um, things like that. I think that's neat to see. Um, People don't realize how complex our shifting can be sometimes. So, for example, for our Africa exhibit, we have um, guinea fowl, warthog, zebra, ostrich, and giraffe all on the same exhibit. And we have three separate locations around the exhibit that animals go to. We have like 18 stalls all together that the animals can go into. And there's a specific order. So, like, you would never think that the giraffes would come last because they're big scaredy cats, but that's the truth. Like we have to get the warthogs out of the way first because they're big bullies. And then we have to get the zebra out of the way because they're the second biggest bullies. And then the giraffes are afraid of the ostrich. So he has to go next. And then finally the big giant giraffes who are just big scared babies, they finally get to come inside. So I think, I think that there's probably things like that with every single animal and every single exhibit um, that, there's a lot more to it than just going out, tossing food to an animal and bringing it inside. Like there's 
very big, complicated things at play. <laughs> All right. So I know, you know, parents, we're not supposed to have favorites, but do you have favorite <laughs> animals and least favorite animals to work with? We'll never tell um, them, by the way. It's just okay. between us. Perfect. Yeah, definitely don't tell them. I, for a long time, I could not pick a favorite. It was so, so difficult because I just, they all have their own special personalities, their own special things that make me love them. Um, but I think my favorite is a two-way tie. We have um, an orangutan named Akara, and she is so naughty, and she, mm. I just love her for it. Like, she has such a big giant personality. She loves people. She loves the zookeepers. Um, she is incredibly mischievous as most orangutans are, but I love that about her. And then our elephant Zuri is very similar. She <laughs> is also very mischievous and she has a big giant personality. Um, so as difficult as they make my life sometimes, I think they're definitely my favorite. Um, I don't think I have a least favorite. Um, but for some reason, all of the tigers at this zoo, not tigers I've worked with before, but all the tigers at this zoo don't seem to like me in particular. <laughs> hmm. You don't really want to have a tiger not liking you. That seems it could be exactly. problematic. Yes. And so our old tiger, he um, he passed away a few years ago. But when I first started working, he would not come inside for me. He would not eat for me. I would like literally have to call somebody else over and be like, can you call him so that he'll come inside if he thinks I'm not in here? And he would do it every single time. So I don't think that they're my least favorite, but I'm probably their least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Someday, maybe you'll get the tigers over to your side. Again, that's maybe. not really a great enemy to have. I am not exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's like your your dream job. I'm assuming it's in the same field, but like, where would you like to end up at some point? Or are you there? I think I'm there. Yeah. I, um, we've visited tons of zoos and aquariums, um, in the time since I knew I wanted to become a zookeeper. And there are so many incredible facilities out there. Um, but I really, really enjoy the variety that I get to work with. So a lot of places, even if they do have a night keeper who works late, they're kind of just stuck in one area. Um, or they just clean exhibits. So some zoos will do that where the night keepers work actually overnight and they'll bring the animals in and clean all the exhibits. So when the day keepers come in, the animals are just ready to go. Um, but I really get to do hands-on like feeding, training, playing with all kinds of stuff with all of the animals at the zoo. Um, and I absolutely love Salt Lake City. I think it's incredible. I think our zoo is so great with the way that we've used the space. Um, I just love it. So cool. So um, <laughs> it lets, if you had a kid or, you know, your little sister or whatever wanted to do what you do, mm -hmm. um, would you encourage that? Do you think it's a good job for someone uh, that's just kind of getting their feet under them to look into doing? Um, it's difficult to say because, um, I think you, you definitely have to have a certain kind of personality for it. Um, you have to have very thick skin because like I said, you're going to be talking to lots of guests every day who are going to call you a monster for keeping animals in captivity, but also you can't have too thick of skin because you have to take care of and love these animals and make sure they're having the best life possible. Um, so I think... Let's see. I had this conversation with my my nephew not too long ago because he wanted to be a marine biologist and 
he was trying to consider zoology over marine biology. And I was just like, I think you'd do better with marine biology, honestly. <laughs> so I was like, you don't get paid a lot um, as a zookeeper. You do get paid better if you work with marine animals. Um, but with that comes a lot more responsibility. They have a lot more like USDA um, things because of the Marine Mammal Protection Act. You also usually have to do the life support systems, which is like the plumbing and all of the water chemistry and water quality. Um, so you won't make a lot of money as a zookeeper. <laughs> a lot of us do have second jobs, but it's just something that we're really passionate about. So it kind of makes up for it. But I think it it definitely depends on the person. If you want to do it just because you want to play with animals all day, I think you might have to take into account the fact that you will get to play with animals, but you are mostly going to be working with their poop and with <laughs> the public. So I think, I think I would encourage people to look into that to kind of consider how do you feel about talking with people all day? Because if you're getting into this because you like animals and not people, that's not the, <laughs> that's not going to be very happy for you because you have to work with people a lot. Um, so I think I'd probably just have, have those people kind of take all of that into consideration. So is there a question I should ask you about this, but I haven't hmm. about being a zookeeper? I don't think so. I think we've, we've hit on all of the things that I like to talk about. Cool. I think it's it's very fun. Um, it's definitely not so glamorous behind the scenes as we usually make it look when we're out doing our training demonstrations. But um, yeah, just just I want everybody to know that we love these animals. Like we wouldn't be keeping them in captivity if we didn't love them. If we didn't want you to love them, so that you could find ways to save their wild counterparts. And so people can come see your zoo and your babies. You're at the Hogel Zoo in Salt Lake City, correct? Yes, that's correct. And what makes Hogel Zoo special? Other than you, oh. of course, but oh. what makes it <laughs> what makes it so special? <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, <laughs> so we are we're in Salt Lake City, but we're um, kind of up in the foothills of the valley. So you're going to have the best views when you come up here because you're in the mountains. You're overlooking the rest of the valley. Um, I just, we have every animal when you think of a zoo and you think like elephants, giraffes, zebras, polar bears, big cats, we have it all. Um, and it's really not a gigantic zoo. So like, I love the North Carolina zoo because they're so well spread out and so spacious, but you don't have to take like a tram or a shuttle around our zoo because they just kind of use the space differently than like bigger zoos would. Um, so I think that's really special that you, you can get through our whole zoo in probably about three hours and see every animal, but you don't feel slighted and you, you know, the exhibits are still very large. They're still big enough for all of our animals and then some, so I just, I think it's a great zoo. Allie, thank you for sharing your, your time and your joy and just your unbridled enthusiasm for what you do with us today. And uh, I sure hope I can get out to Utah soon and hang out with you and some of your fuzzy friends. Oh my gosh, you have got to. It's a date. Thanks, Allie. Yes, for sure. Again, that was Allie Siegel. She is the night keeper at Hogel Zoo in Utah. And whatever you do for a living, gosh, I hope you're at least half as excited about it as she is. 
Thanks for listening to this first episode of The Thing You Do podcast. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. And hey, if you have a interesting or cool or unique job or you know someone who does and you or they would be willing to be a guest on this podcast, please contact me. Just send an email to Tammy, T-A-M-I, at thingyoudo.net. Again, that's Tammy at thingyoudo.net. I would love to talk to you about the thing you do.